Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I am Josh. And I'm David. And we got a guest on the show today, Nikki. <laughs> I'm Nikki, hi. Uh, today on the show, we're talking about The Little Mermaid, um, a movie that one Letterboxd reviewer called Not Awful. That's right, we travel under the sea and we take a look at the new performances. Do they live up to the original? We invited my wife here, who's a longtime Disney fan, just to see how well it holds up. That's right. We've got all that and more this week on the show. Be sure to check us out online at sequels.com where you can find links to us on social media and check out all our past episodes. Uh, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. And without any further ado, enjoy the show. Yeah, I want to I want to present to you a little uh, a little prompt that Nikki oh, okay. and I did. Okay, um, great. You join our Discord club. I've been trying to do these kind of you know these these prompts you see on Twitter all the time, and uh, we've been trying to do one. Well, we have uh, we have one that Nikki and I tried to do, and it is uh, name four movies your top four movies. And maybe not doesn't necessarily have to be top four, but f- pick four movies that you would want for like a marathon of some sort. Maybe mm-hmm. I think they the all prompt said that only- like that like one. define your life i think was part of it too okay well i don't know if you had to be that specific but just pick your top four movies with mm-hmm. a, that are only one word titles mm. and, and the qualifier we decided oh do you want to do you want to say the qualifier yes, the little qualifier the is 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 discounted like so it can't yeah. be the batman it has to be just one word just one word. Oh, so the, the counts as a word is a word yeah. wow yeah <laughs> i shot myself in the foot with that one because one of mine would have been the prestige but ah. I said no, the so yeah, I shot myself in the no. foot with that one. I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, if we want, we can go and we can go in draft order if you like for this to give it more time to to settle in. Nikki, what would you pick first? My first one would be Clueless, just because it's a movie that I've loved my entire life, and it's yeah. like the first thing that I saw Paul Rudd in, and decided I immediately had a crush on him, and I've just loved him ever since. And I can tell that Josh is currently googling one word movie titles. Don't worry, I had to do the same thing because as soon as I said the prompt, my brain immediately forgot all yep. one. Every one of them. Thank goodness I can pick out at least a couple now. <laughs> yeah, I uh, for me, mine is Zombieland. That's one I'm going to lead with. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and uh, it's a I, David one. I am going to pick Spider Man. Nice. Oh, with the hyphen. Oh, that's yes, a that's a good. Um, it counts. Nikki, what's what's next for you? Um, my second is uh, gonna be Ratatouille, mm-hmm. just because That's... I feel like I have to have some kind of Disney Pixar in there. Similar so. vein, I'm gonna go with Coco. <laughs> can I just be a jerk and pick Wally because it's another hyphen, <laughs> and I can stick oh, with your theme? That's one word. Love it's it. his name. That's one Love word. It. Perfect. Yeah. I don't um, think it's a jerk thing at all. Uh, what what do you got next, Nikki? Number three is Stardust. I love oh, Stardust. That, I've not seen that in a long time. It's a yeah. great, great movie. That's a good. Sh- that's a good shout. I like that. Forced David um, practically by gunpoint to watch it. I oh I didn't, actually I saw it before you you done that. I I watched it in a, a college class. Mm, um, watched it in the college. Class. Next, I'm gonna pick Inception. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, Beetlejuice. Great oh, pick. Great that's pick. That's a good one. Yeah, and see, this is where I kind of like lose out because my fourth would be the Prestige. Yeah. Um, but I said no. Yeah, I think I'm, I, I think you're gonna have to skip me while I also Google one word movie titles. Okay, uh, I'll finish out with uh, Moneyball. Moneyball's mm, one word. Okay. Uh, I'm really irritated by how easy this was for him to do. Like it just annoyed me right away that it was so easy for him. Well, what I did was I went to I went to Letterboxd, the incredible app, and then I just searched all the films that I have uh, recorded that I have viewed, mm-hmm. and then I just went down the you know I just scrolled through until I found four good ones that worked. I think I will end with Scream. Ooh, Ooh great pick! Great pick! There one. you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the low low hanging fruit on the tree for me and uh, and go for another Disney movie and that's Tangled. Mm. There you go. There yeah. you go. Well, on that note, Josh, do you want to tell talk about what we're reviewing today in terms of Disney movies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, today we are going under the sea. <laughs> I don't, I didn't have an introduction prepared, <laughs> uh, but we are we're talking we're going to talk about the Little Mermaid, the 2023 version, the new live action remake starring Halle Bailey as Ariel. You got a pretty good cast. David Diggs is Sebastian. Jacob Tremblay is Flounder. <laughs> I have notes for him. Uh, <laughs> Javier Bardem, Melissa McCarthy. Lots of great people in this movie. Of course, if you know The Little Mermaid, you know what this one's about. Uh, the story is pretty close to the same, so we won't go too in-depth into that. But I do want to go ahead and get it, get us kick-started talking about what was our individual relationship with the little mermaid growing up you know we are all millennials of an age where the classic uh i forget what they call them but the the plastic shell vhs tapes were what we were watching all the time these movies were on repeat was little mermaid one of those mermaid uh, one of those movies for each of us um so i i was thinking about this just before we got started like we actually are of the generation that little mermaid was literally made for us Mm. you know what i mean um it came out like six months before i was born um so like we literally are the people it was made for you'll hear a lot of gen c like oh i loved i loved the little mermaid growing up no you didn't i loved the little mermaid (laughs) growing up you know what i mean because it was made for us like we were the kids and i do think it's sort of fun especially like in our movie theater experience I was thinking about this as we were going in, like, you know, my generation, our generation, like, grew up on it, and now we're taking our kids to see it. Mm. Um, we didn't take our we kid to see it. He is not ready yet. for that. Yeah. Responsibility. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's no secret that I love Disney. That is something that everyone knows about Nikki. Um, I don't suffer from a Disney addiction. I enjoy every second of it. Like, it is one of those things. So, of course, I love The Little Mermaid. It's actually not my favorite from the Renaissance time, but it is very high up there. I've always loved The Little Mermaid. I, I have I have great affection in my heart for it. And I was, as as fatigued as I am getting with these live action remakes, I'm, I'm kind of over this phase that Disney is going through. As much as I feel that way about it, I was very excited when they announced that this was coming down the pipeline. Okay. What about you, David? Um, you know, for me, uh, this was definitely the one that I watched quite uh, fairly often I, as a kid. Um, I was a little bit more into The Lion King and Aladdin um, uh, as a kid, but I definitely watched The Little Mermaid uh, a couple times. The songs, you know, were so catchy as a kid. Now, uh, one specific instance here, and I don't know if you guys will relate to this at all, is that I, I stopped watching The Little Mermaid specifically because I found it too scary. 
um, but not because of Ursula or because of the storms or anything like that. It's because of specifically the scene in the animated in the in the original animated film where Triton destroys all of her stuff, and he's like zapping stuff, and his like face is like glowing orange, and his he just looks so mean and scary that like I remember being I don't know four or five years old, just being like no, and just being like terrified. Turn it off, turn it off. I can't. I was so scared of Triton, and I couldn't. It it. I remember being like I couldn't keep watching because he was so terrifying, but um. Yeah, so I remember uh, this movie for a lot of different reasons, and then uh, over time, I you know I've gone back and forth on overall appreciation of it because, um, you know, we were in college. We had a professor who talked about how when he was his daughters were of the age that they were, you know, seven or eight came out, and he he didn't like it very much because he didn't like the messaging. Uh, what he felt the messaging was of like, you know, this girl giving up her voice to be with a man and that he appreciated Beauty and the Beast more when it came out because of what Belle was like as a character. And then, you know, you've had people over time have used that as a, you know, use that criticism. But then people have bounced back and talked about, well, you know, Ariel's overall, like Eric's an element of why she wants to go to the sea, but she has an obsession with, with, with humans and wants to go to land anyway. Like Eric's a, you know, a big plus, a big motivator, motivating reason, but she might give up her voice to go up on land anyway, just because she wants to see all that stuff. So anyway, I've gone back and forth on my appreciation on it. I think I do ultimately think it, it's one of the more fun ones from that time period. Um, but yeah, it was, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I definitely remember watching it as a kid. I think I kind of went through two Little Mermaid phases because when it came out just a bit before I was born, and then uh, my sister was born when I was five, so then she naturally went through a Little Mermaid phase. So uh, I, I feel like I'm very familiar with it as a kid. Uh, I always liked Flounder and Sebastian. I loved Under the Sea. That was one of my favorite songs as a kid. So I definitely remember liking it a lot. It is one of those movies where it's, like you were saying, David, easy to kind of, uh, you can nitpick it, the story a bit, uh, especially the, the relationship dynamics at play here. Um, even in even in the new one, I'll say, I, I thought about how, man, this is still a movie about a man who falls in love with a woman simply by listening to himself speak. <laughs> and that is just, you know, it is what it is. Um, You're not wrong, though. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's just part of it. And I, you kind of can accept that and and deal with it because there are other aspects of why she wants to uh, go to the surface beyond just Eric. Uh, <laughs> so I, I always enjoyed it as a kid. Now, uh, we talked about before we started, we got some categories we want to hit talking about this movie. So we make sure we talk about everything we want to. So we'll start with those and then maybe we'll like wrap up with uh, any uh, bonus things that popped up along the way uh, or any extra stories. So let's kick it off with performances. Uh, This movie, we talked about the cast earlier. I think most notably we got Halle Bailey as Ariel. This is her first like big role in a a major motion picture. She's uh, part of a musical duo with her sister that they've uh, made some music with. So she's kind of a known figure to young people, but this was her first step into the into the world, uh, so to speak. So how did how does everybody feel like she did, and how did she compare to the original actress Jodie Benson? I know it's a voice comparison, but still. 
I thought she was awesome. I, I, I thought she knocked it out of the park. I think she was without question the best person for this job. Um, without question. And I would say the same for Jonah Howard King, who played Prince Eric. I I think I think they both just knocked this out of the park. On the on the note of comparing it to the original, um, I told David this as we were leaving yesterday. Here's the thing for us nostalgia is is going to cripple us it's going to it's going to have an impact on the ability that we have in watching this movie and we're going to spend that entire time going well you know that's not the way they did it in the first one and that's not the way that this works and we can't do that um and that's something that I had to tell myself you know way back in these live I think I started that with uh, Beauty and the Beast just kind of thinking okay you can't tell you can't compare this to the original because it's not the original you have to let it stand on its own two feet um, and so I, I don't like in comparison to the original, I don't want to compare them. Um, because I, I do feel like they made a lot of changes to this one. Some great, some not so much. Um, and then in some ways they did follow it page by page, which we can talk about that when we get deeper into things. But, um, how does she compare, um, you know, who, you know, I, I, I don't want to play that game. I, I think in her own shoes, I think she did phenomenal. I don't have that same note for some of the other members of the cast, but you didn't ask about them yet. So how did she do? She was amazing. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I thought that, you know, uh, from this, in terms of singing performances, she was outstanding, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how they kind of arranged the songs a little bit differently to kind of, you know, uh, uh, showcase her ability. I thought it was really good. They gave her a new song, you know, and so we, you know, that was kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that I was digesting in the moment as well. But I, I thought that she was great. You know, she was really, um, even when she can't speak, you know, she has a very um, infectious screen presence where, you know, you just can't take your eyes off her. And um, so I, I thought she did a really good job. And, you know, there's, I get her for, for, uh, Good now, um, anyway, think, so you know, I, I want to credit you know the the underwater sequences, how they filmed that. That probably has it was a bit of a challenge. So I think that you know overall, uh, it was a really it was a really good performance. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree with anything we've said yet. Uh, she is really really easy to watch. She is, you can see the wonder in her eyes. I felt like I really believed uh, how much she loved humans and how much she was curious about the surface. She was great. Her singing voice was, it couldn't, I, I don't have any notes, you know, uh, the part of your world sequence was one of my favorite parts of the movie. It's a standout song from the original. It's a standout in this one too. Uh, you know, some of the other live action remakes have changed songs a bit in a way where it's like, ah, it's really lost a lot of the magic. I did not feel that about this song. <laughs> um, about this song. About this <laughs> song. I, <laughs> I can't say yeah. that about all of them, but this song was nope. good. Um, we'll talk about the songs, <laughs> but she killed it. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching her. So uh, next on the what? Who? Anyone else want to pick a character to talk about next? Um, anyone pitching um, for someone? Yeah. So are we? Are we? Are we to the being critical, or are we still praising people? Because well, no, I'm happy to. I have, to, I have someone about, I want to praise and criticize. Yeah. Let's like just I have briefly talk about. Anyway. Let's just briefly talk about. Um, you just said his name. What was the guy's name? Jonah Howard Eric? King. I hope that I hope that's yeah. how you pronounce the middle. I, I think both from yesterday. a from a performance standpoint and from an and from a, a writing standpoint, I think that they did a little bit better job of of rounding out Eric as a character. 
he doesn't he's just kind of like adventurous young prince or whatever in the animated film and here they did something really i thought that was really clever is that they made his character really interested in the sea and what's you know and what's under the sea which kind of gives him this mirrored you know uh, inspiration against ariel she's curious about humans he's curious about the ocean so it kind of made their relationship kind of interweave in that way um he had a song and i thought that the song itself was okay but i thought he performed it really well like you know midway through i was like oh man he's killing this and see um, i loved the song and maybe it is just so, his performance that i loved but i you know I, in terms I, of adding songs like it's always going to be a challenge because you're used to the pace of what's come before but uh, you know i thought that compared to some of the other ad added songs this one actually was fine you know we, we need a little bit more time give eric a song why not and uh, if the performance had been worse, I might not have liked it. But he he was he was he was giving it his all. Uh, yeah, I I agree with with that critique of the performance. I thought he did uh, pretty well with it. I I don't think I've ever seen this man before, so I yeah. don't know what he's like normally or if this is the first thing he's done. But I thought that I enjoyed the song. Um, I don't know if I loved it, but I liked it quite a bit because it felt like it really added more depth to the Eric character that oh, we yeah. haven't had before. And honestly, I just kind of liked the way it was shot because I don't know that classic like sweeping wide shots of the man singing on the rocks with the castle island castle in the background. It's like, oh man, that's just they don't make movies like it, that anymore. It had the, <laughs> it, it had the um, it had the it, as far as the songs go, and not, like a lot of them had this from the past. But in terms of the new songs, it was the one that had the most Broadway kind of feel about it. Very, you know? very. I got yeah. words to say about that, but we'll talk about that in the songs. Ooh. I got I got bones to pick. Um, I don't know I what do... bones he's got, but I'm gonna find one. I'm gonna pick one. <laughs> I do <laughs> have to say I don't know that I felt any sort of chemistry between him and Ariel. Oh, I really. I really didn't, and I kind of blame that on him more than her. Mm. But um, I don't know. I might need to watch it again to really get into that. Him guessing her name was yeah. so adorable. It yeah. was. That was precious. Yeah, and how she kind of how she kind of found a way to tell him was really neat. Yeah, and David um, talked about this on the way home uh, in the in the in the conversation of like giving depth to who Eric is. He collects things from under the sea. And Ariel right. collects things from land. So it did kind of right. give them like not just that yeah. curiosity, but they both have those collections and they both yeah. have those. And she gets the chance to kind of tell him about her world without even him knowing that that's what she's doing. Um, so, right. yeah, no. But let's Sorry. let's move on now, I think, to the characters that people are going to talk about the most. And that is let's let's well. I'll start with Sebastian, okay? Because yeah. I think that's <laughs> okay. easily everybody's favorite, second favorite character from the you know Little Mermaid as a whole is it's Ariel and then Sebastian, right? So let's talk about Davi Diggs as Sebastian. Josh, I'm curious what you think first. Uh, you know, I like Davi Diggs as an actor quite a bit, and he does a lot of voice work now that is really fun. Um, if anyone, if you haven't seen Central Park on Apple TV+, Plus, he does a lot of great fun stuff in that. It's like a... I don't know. It, it reminds me of Bob's Burgers in a way. So I think it's, made it's by got the that people. vibe. It might be. I think. Um, he was and, a lot of fun on the episode of Bob's Burgers he was on too. Yeah, yeah, he, had, he was. So I like him a lot. I don't really know what I feel like he brought here um, because it it just felt like a Sebastian impression. Uh, yeah. It was very similar to the Samuel Wright performance. Mm -hmm. And it felt like, I, I just, I don't know. Did he need 
the accent or could it have been someone that just has that accent I, it just left me with questions of what are we doing with him as a character yeah. now that's not to say that david was bad at it at all like i felt like he was plenty charming mm-hmm. throughout it he had moments that made me laugh more than several other characters so he was fine but i'm not yeah. gonna like say wow he really stole the show i think that's yeah. the most i think that's the best way to describe it is is it was kind of like you know it's kind of like when you go and you see it on broadway and they have some guy who's playing sebastian and you're like yeah this is this is sebastian but i don't know if it's really you know like the samuel wright version is iconic it's one of those iconic disney roles and performances and that voice that deep voice and Davi does what he can do, but it's just, it's hard to live up to, you know, mm-hmm. Smith with Genie, or, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a, one of these other live action ones, or, uh, you know, uh, Two Edgy of Foreign Scar, you know, mm-hmm. and with, you know, like it's, sure. it's just such an iconic role that people know so well. Um, you know, I think that maybe you felt this way, Josh. When Davi Diggs's version of Sebastian had an original line, I thought it was good. Oh, but when sure. he was trying to recreate lines from the original, it just kind of felt, it just like, kind of felt more doing. hollow. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, then I would just hear the original in my head and kind of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. When he would drop a line that I wasn't expecting, those were the funniest usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a lot more fun with his acting performance than I did the singing performance. Um, yeah. And and I just kind of echoing what you guys said, it's not that it was bad in any stretch of the imagination, but friends, this man is a <laughs> Tony winning performer Yeah, and he won for his ability to perform. Now it was when I pointed that out to David, he was like, Oh, it was a rap. It's not the same. It but, was rapping as opposed but still, to singing but still, of Broadway, you know, if you songs. didn't know that, I don't know that you would have after watching him do under the sea. And again, it's not that it was bad. It's not that it was bad, but there was a fun element that the original brought to it mm-hmm. that I just don't feel like was yeah, completely it was missing. there. Yeah. It was missing. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you said you had notes for, for uh, J- uh, what is it, Jacob Tremblay? Is that his mm-hmm. name? Mm-hmm. Now, it's less for Jacob, who, whom I really like as an actor. He's yeah. really grown a lot. Uh, I mean, literally. Uh, in In his roles, I loved him in Room. I think that's when I saw him first. Uh, and he's done some really great comedy too. Uh, and he's totally adequate in this. My issue is why did, what did you guys do to flounder? Like, and I'm not even talking about the look yet. Um, he's barely in it and I don't know yeah. why they cut him down so much. Yeah. Um, especially when you're going to get a, like, if you're going to get a child actor and you got one with a name like Jacob Tremblay, why did you underuse him when he's a much more significant character? Uh, but is it because he's this scary dead eyed fish? I don't know. Yeah. Like literally, the term "dead-eyed" comes from fish because they don't like look they, like they have any life in their eyes. Um, this is yeah. the whole visual effects thing, but the yeah, the, the live-action animals just are not working. <laughs> no, and and no, that well, was what the, I told David the, on the way home. At least the, the photorealistic element of it, you know, no, because no, someone, it's not. Yes, no. someone pointed out, you know, that there have been other films that have done very like real-looking uh, animals in their films but have been able to get that personality in there. Um, they're talking about like Detective Pikachu, right? Now that's a fictional, fictional animal, right? But it looks mm-hmm. like a real Pikachu, but it also can express. Um, right. I can't remember what the other examples were, but you know, it's just, a, a fish is not expressive and it's hard no, to No, and most, most animals aren't, most animals you aren't. know? <laughs> yeah. 
That's you know, some part. animals can. Some animals are expressive. Dogs are fairly expressive. You know, uh, you can you can you can animate uh, expression onto a cat. Lion King, be darned. But it is. Uh, it's just hard. You know, there's a reason that in the animated film they gave Sebastian an actual head, and they gave they put Flounder's eyes facing forward. Like you know, real right, right, and it. big yeah. eyes that he can like. You can tell what his facial expressions yeah. are, and they gave him like the illusion of a nose, right? But so. now it's it's like he just swims around and has just neutral he's just neutral yeah. uh, that said <laughs> exactly. i do think that they actually did do a better job with sebastian's animation than i thought they would be able to like he even though yeah. he's just too he was easier to watch than flounder i'll give you that i know yeah. so i think they achieved it better there. scuttle um, i want to i would like to i would like to we can move we can talk about scuttle in a minute but um let's talk about the other big the other big big uh, uh name in this and that is melissa mccarthy as ursula She's the last person, well, I mean, she's the last person, like, big name that I'm going to praise. I really did enjoy Grisby, and I enjoyed the Queen. I thought they both were great. They were wonderful. Their presents were welcome every time they were on screen. Lovely. Um, but Melissa McCarthy, with what she was given, I thought she did very well, okay? Um, I've loved Melissa McCarthy for a long time. I was a Gilmore girl back in the day. Uh, Gilmore girly, I should say. I wasn't on the show. But I was a, I was a big fan of the show, when it was on so i've loved melissa mccarthy since before it was cool okay like i've been a fan of hers since i was 11 years old um so i was very excited when i heard that she was going to be playing ursula i i thought like yes this is like that's going to be amazing she's going to kill that and i do think in terms of what she was given she met my expectations i don't know that she passed them but she did she did meet what i expected to happen my issue is with the way Ursula was written. Ursula didn't get a single thought in her head that she didn't say out loud. Everything that she did was expository. This is the motivation for why I'm doing this. And this is why I'm doing this thing. And here is what you need to know. And these are the things about my life that used to be. And it was like, baby, like, can any of this be internal? Like, do we have to know all of these things? So that was the thing that I was disappointed in, but that's not Melissa's fault. That's that's the way that she was written, and mm -hmm. I am gonna take up beef with the <laughs> the screenplay writers for for that element of it. Yeah, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I I thought Melissa McCarthy was totally, uh, you know, adequate. I guess is you know, and I don't even mean like that can sound like a like a diss, but no, she is just what I expected. Yeah. Um, like you said, Nikki, she didn't like blow me away. She's one of those people where it's like, you hear she's cast and you go, oh yeah, I can see that. And then she mm -hmm. delivers that. And yeah. I have very few notes for her. Um, uh, yeah, the problem is the, the character, <laughs> not yeah. her. I agree. I have the same complaints. Um, she's just a little too, ex too, a little too wordy yeah. and a little too, um, I don't know. One dimensional. One dimensional. It was like, I'm not ter terribly Maybe. scared yeah, of you know. really, because it's just like, you're telling me everything. Uh, there's no threatening, no menacing about her. <laughs> no, yeah. it, it, I had we really high hopes for that because Ursula is is probably my favorite villain. You know, uh, yeah. Little Mermaid's maybe not my favorite of the Renaissance era, but Ursula is a great villain. Poor Unfortunate Souls is a great song, and I was really looking forward to all of that element of it. And mm, you know, yeah, even the song was just fine to me. Uh, it didn't yeah, hit part like, of your world standards, but it also didn't like disappoint me as much as Under the Sea did. So. <laughs> 
Um, so on that, you know, I, I do think that from, uh, you know, from bringing the character from the, from, from animation to, you know, live action, uh, I thought that looked good. I mean, she looked great in terms of her, mm -hmm. her, her physical appearance. The, the hair was right. The, the, the tentacles, you know, um, I thought it was funny that, you know, even more so than in the, uh, cartoon, uh, Ursula is like laying around a lot. She's like always like against something, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought that was really good, but, um, yeah, it was it was a very serviceable performance, and I, I I don't think that she did anything that I was like, oh gosh, this is no. like it didn't stand out. But it also it didn't um yeah it, it didn't stand out as great, but it also didn't like uh, it didn't drag the movie or anything like that. I, I do want to switch into songs, and the first song I want to talk about is I just we got to talk about the scuttlebutt. Um, <laughs> this is the song a lot of people talk about the scuttlebutt on online, right? Um, Scuttle is is the the bird. He is much expanded on as a character in this movie for some reason. Played mm -hmm. by Aquafina, which I learned halfway through because I thought it was someone doing a bad Natasha Leone impression. <laughs> um, I have nothing good to say, <laughs> and I have I really have nothing good to say about the song, which was just so clearly written by Lin Manuel Miranda and yeah. did not vibe with the overall overall genre of the whole film it was like okay we've gone yeah. from semi-broadway music into just suddenly yeah. hamilton inspired rap it it wow it's the definition of shoehorn like it is yeah. like does not feel of the time i mean even with some of the other newer songs they gave ariel a new song where she's when she first goes on land she has an internal like monologue song that she sings Felt like it fit the Uncharted song a little, mm -hmm. you know, by uh, yeah, by by Eric too. Felt a little different, but it fit. You know, this did not fit. It just felt so shoehorned in there. And this this is going to be the most hateful thing I've ever said. Oh my! I don't. Well, he you need to know going into this, David doesn't like Aquafina. Okay, so like, well, that's what I was about to say. Like I blinders or okay, okay. I don't get it. I want to. I watched Crazy Rich Asians. I watched uh you know uh, uh shang chi, shang -Chi. i yeah. watched jumanji 2 welcome to the jungle back to the jungle whatever um i think i've seen a couple other things i just can't think of on top of my head Did you I, see I don't the get it. i don't I know where i don't know why she is everywhere um and i don't know i just I, so if that's mean i'm sorry i usually am not that overly critical but i was just when they first said it i was like really I was like, I know that there's not going to be anybody that compares to having Buddy Hackett in your movie, but I mean, at the same time, Aquafina, really? They could have gone with so many other angles. I would prefer Kevin Hart. <laughs> Give me Chris Pratt as Scuttle. The kindest yeah. thing that I can say about it, Chris Pratt as Scuttle. Get out of here with that. The kindest thing that I can say about what they did is I, I think that was another example of them trying to modernize it. They were trying to gender flip, trying to make her make Scuttle a little, you know, funnier to, you know, a 2023 audience as opposed to a 1987 audience. Um, and if that's what they were going for, I suppose pose they hit it i don't hate aquafina i i think she's she can be very funny and very charming um but i uh, uh i didn't need her there yeah i, I, I also didn't, i i don't dislike aquafina and i have i don't there's dislike several, her there's several uh, yeah you're trying to recover now 
Uh, <laughs> I don't dislike her. I just don't get it. There's there's several movies where I do like her, but this one this one's a total mess. This for wasn't me. one of them. Uh, I don't even. I, I less scuttle more flounder. Why did we do this? <laughs> on the subject of the song, uh, somebody yes. on Twitter said, um, <laughs> "I've never had to be told when Lin Manuel Miranda writes a song," and. No. Um, I agree. Broke his streak, though. And in most of the ways, oh yeah, David's got to think about that. In most of the ways, that's to me, that's a compliment because I think he does have a very specific, very good voice. One one time, I was watching a performance. You guys might not know this is a thing. Uh, There is a "Bring It On" the musical, (laughs) and while he wasn't the main person behind it, he did write a lot of the songs. And there's one of the songs. I'm just gonna quote the line. I told myself I wasn't gonna do this, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna quote this line. Okay. Um, okay, so women who wouldn't give me the time of day are starting a squad and they want me to play. And if I play, I'll be famous. Give me a hard one. These are no brainers. I was watching that one day um, in our living room. David happened to walk through the room and he looked up and when he heard that, he goes, did Lin-Manuel Miranda write that? <laughs> and I said, yes, he did. <laughs> um, I, I think he's great. I love him. I, and I, I was excited when I heard that he was going to be doing this because um i know that he has talked very deeply in the past that little mermaid is one of his favorite movies um he loves the little mermaid he has a great affection for it and so i like i thought it was going to be in really good hands um and i i get what they were trying to do with scuttlebutt i like i i understand what they were going for but it just it doesn't work for me no. uh, the performance is bad um it doesn't help that we also know going in that this is bad news it's not good news and they're trying to paint it up like it's good news um so like that kind of hurts it it just i i I get what they were attempting to do and i respect the attempt but it it yeah it's not that the song itself is bad it's just it's for a different movie (laughs) it's not for this movie (laughs) it just didn't make sense with the other songs yeah Yeah, very weird Lynn did break his streak, though. Uh, Lynn is incapable, seemingly, of writing a song that doesn't have the word hurricane in it somewhere. And so he managed to avoid it, which I thought was going to be a near uncer- like uncertainty for this movie. I mean, hurricane just feels it's like it goes it. somewhere it with Little Mermaid. Um, but uh, he managed to pull it off. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's... Here's my beef with it's the, the low. It's the low okay. point of the movie is the, is the Scuttlebutt song. And this was my beef going into the movie. This has been my beef since they announced that it was going to be a a movie because I knew then that this was coming, okay? And I'm going to get a little dramatic because I feel passionately about this, but I know there are people who agree with me. Okay. The Little Mermaid exists as a Broadway musical and it has beautiful uh-huh. songs in it have you heard any of the soundtrack josh i've made uh, david listen to it i i don't know that i've really given it a, attention but i know that okay. they have additional songs it that is, already exist so that already exists and they, yeah and there, there are three in particular that i think would have been so great and there are so many moments in the movie where they like almost even hint that they're going that way with the story and i'm like why are we not doing like the songs that they added in um, I think the the Ariel song is called like for the first time or something like something about the first time. Uh, there's a song in the musical that is it, it happens at a different moment in the musical, but it's virtually the same concept called someone beyond her wildest dreams. Blows for the first time out of the water for the first time. It's great. 
the songs in the musical are amazing. And this has been my problem. This was a problem with Beauty and the Beast. It, I didn't necessarily have this problem so much with The Lion King. Um, and I don't love the soundtrack for Aladdin. Um, but with all of these Disney movies, there are questions that come up in the movie that the Broadway musical takes the time to address um, and uses songs that address those things. But then the movies that they do leave these perfectly great songs out of these movies. And there's no, like, I don't know why. Is it a licensing issue? Which I would still question because ultimately it's still owned by Disney. So why? why? I don't, I don't understand it. And it's, it, 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 I forgave Beauty and the Beast for it because they ultimately put in um, Evermore, which I really, really loved. But I do still think a change in me should have been put in Beauty and the Beast. But now with The Little Mermaid, I have the same issue. There are fantastic songs that address some of these problems that even after watching it, we still have. And these could have been great moments to let them shine. And instead you put in Scuttlebutt. The, the thing I'll say about Under the Sea that I do really actually love, like all the, like they didn't have a new playing a flute. They didn't have a cart playing a harp. That bothered me. You know, There's no crustacean these, band. They didn't have the whole crustacean. They did nothing. They just had the fish. The blackfish did not starfish. sing. But what I will say is that they did finish with the rapid jump cuts from the animated film, which yeah. I did not expect. And actually, in the moment, I, uh, this is going to sound really stupid or really lame, but in the moment, as they were doing that, da -da 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 -da, and it was like jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, I was like, I like smiled a little to myself because that's such a yeah. that's such an easily <laughs> overlooked thing that I got to tell you after the Lion King in 2019 my my expectations were on the floor for this, yeah. um but the but they didn't have odd stuff they had turtles like bopping on the ground you know and they had starfish kind of swaying but yeah there was no the the liveliness the the the, the the underwater musical instruments weren't there but when they did the little jump cut of showing like every fish you know and uh and stuff that i did actually like that's that was kind of a, a, a nice moment for me um could have been bigger uh i like that they had oh, like nice. a they they're they're mermaids they're fictitious creatures but you know uh, mm. an underwater saxophone that's a bridge too far we won't we can't possibly animate uh a blowfish blowing into a, an underwater tuba you know oh but they could have yeah. done more than they did. They could have done more than they did. I don't um, know if this qualifies as part of the additions to the story, but since it is on the sure. note of the songs, they changed some big lyrics. They did. Um, mm -hmm. In Poor Unfortunate Souls and uh, Kiss the Girl. And I feel exactly as I thought I would feel about it. I think we overthought that. Mm -hmm. I think taking we those out to. was an overthink. We um, tend to do that. <laughs> because here's the thing. Like, I... I, I I get, I sort of get the response, sort of. Um, with Poor Unfortunate Souls, they take out er, uh, Ursula's whole verse about how men don't like girls that are super chatty and mm. they prefer a girl who is silent and that sort of thing. So they took all of that out. I have two thoughts on that. Number one, do you really want to give the villain in the story good persuasive arguments to get ariel to do a bad thing that was my thing she's the bad guy so like that's fine guy. that she she's... says those things yeah exactly. i mean like out of context you remove the scene of all context yeah it doesn't right. look so great but i mean exactly. she's and, the I, and i 
I say this as a I say this as a mom and I say this as a teacher because this is this is something that bothers me. If you don't want your daughter to watch Little Mermaid and have the takeaway message of, oh, boys aren't gonna like it if I talk a lot, then that's your job as the parent to say, hey, that's not true. Yeah. That's not true, and you don't need to listen to it. Stop expecting movies, stop expecting teachers, stop expecting other adults to do your job. Mm -hmm. I'm angry about this. And I have the same complaint about the change in Kiss the Girl. Well, a similar change, a uh, similar complaint in Kiss the Girl. I I liked the lyric change that they did, but my problem with it, because, you know, it's all about consent, which is mm -hmm. a very valid conversation and is a very good conversation, but it is overwhelmingly clear that Ariel very much wants Eric to kiss her. Sure, yeah. There is even a, like, I forgot this it, until it, somebody pointed it, yeah. it out today, there's even a, a moment in the cartoon where Ariel literally puckers up her lips for him and Eric gets shy and rows the boat instead. They took that out and I think that's a good call, but like you can't say that she doesn't consent to this just because she doesn't verbally say it. She right. very clearly does. Yeah, it's another thing where the context matters, where in the context it's very clear that Kiss the Girl is is more to like tell him to get over his shyness and to just do it already because she's waiting right. for it not right. because you're just gonna take it that's not what yeah. it says right but this movie is also like a good hour or so longer than the original so they've also really expanded the plot quite a bit um to give us a lot more stuff on on land mm -hmm. which i kind of liked i actually kind of liked the land scenes more than the underwater scenes at, at certain points yeah um like the uh, the the when the boat crashes and burns down, that whole scene was super cool and exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and in fact, it made me want another pirates movie, <laughs> uh, unrelated. But I was like, yeah, I like watching sailboats crash and burn on the big screen. Give me that again. I don't I don't have any little mer little mermaid merchandise, so I went with my pirates. Oh, nice, that's like perfect. That. Yeah, they they weren't pirates in the movie, but it still made me wish I could watch pirates on screen again. On, on a similar note, though, I love that this movie actually compared to the original like it presented little they presented mermaids as kind of what their 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 real kind of origin is like this idea of them being like sirens that they lure sailors to their death yeah and things like that that they that her song isn't just a nice song she sings that it's this magical ability that mermaids have and she used her song to heal him as opposed to entrap him i guess um yeah they really built on this lore yeah. of of humans versus the sea people Right. So and it, it wasn't just, you know, and I think in the, it's just like, ah, mermaids, fan, fan, fantasy stuff. You know, in this, there was a little bit more concreteness to the idea. And there was, they, you know, they treated them, you know, uh, a little bit differently. They, um, uh, similarly, you know, they have, uh, they add, they give Eric, they give Erica a parental figure um, who, similarly to Ariel, doesn't want him to go out and be doing a bunch of stuff, like stay here and be, you know, and get ready to be be king of this thing don't go out on your boats and sail around the world and stuff like that so they have a, a shared a shared experience you know they're peers in a lot of ways and so i think that you know a lot of the changes that were made were i think help round out eric a little bit um and that was that, those are the ones that stand out the most to me yeah what what, what other changes did you notice nikki you you i think you're going to be the, the most expert on this um you know, I actually kind of need to go back and rewatch um, a lot of the original because, like I said, I, like there are things that happened that I forgot. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, 
I liked that they brought depth to Eric um, mm-hmm. with, you know, having things that he actually wants. And I like that they didn't immediately like jump into the wedding between Eric and Ariel and instead, you know, like gave them a purpose of like going out and doing something. I liked that they expanded on Grisby as much as they did, which is his kind of like uh, man in waiting, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I liked that he was also kind of like that father figure for Eric. Um, I loved the addition of the queen. I loved I loved her. She was she for was me, good. she was very welcome. She was a very welcome presence. Yeah, it was nice to see more mermaids, even though we did we didn't get a lot of them, but um I'm gonna I'm gonna use that to to launch into the my last bits about the visual effects, which was that man, I just from the studio that made Black Panther Wakanda Forever and Avatar the Way of Water, I just don't think the water water effects were excusable here. Um, they were often like quite bad to me. Uh, yeah. The uncanny valley was strong at times. Sometimes it really felt like Hallie was just floating in front of a green screen. And I just didn't think that w- I hold Disney to a higher standard than what that was. Yeah. yeah. I Here's what I will give as much as I agree. I yeah. radically agree. I will give them that um, it, it, uh, it was more colorful than we were all afraid it was going to be. Agreed. And I thought it looked as much as as great as the visual effects are in Wakanda Forever. I do think it looked better than the underwater world in that movie. I'll have to go back to that. But yeah, Yeah, it's hard. I'm hard to sell on underwater stuff because it always just kind of looks weird to me. But this one really that's why I enjoyed the above sea stuff more. I think. Yeah. and it looked more tangible. It was more real, you know? Yeah. Well, and the thing um, that I just kept thinking as we were hitting these scenes again and again and again, is I just kept thinking to myself, this had to be so impossible to film. It oh, had to yeah. be so annoying to film this. <laughs> like, I, like if, they, if Disney had come to me and been like, hey, do you want to be in Little Mermaid? I would have said, am I going to be a mermaid? And if they had said yes, I would have been like, then no, I'm good. Like, can't they like, just put this movie in, in James Cameron's Avatar tank and film it there? Like, they built yeah. it. <laughs> You would I think mean, that it'd be another think that, eleven that, years before we saw it. Well, but. sure, but at least it might look good. <laughs> I've been okay. I could wait. I can wait. Yeah, I could have waited. Um, <laughs> you know, there were times where it was. There was times where it wasn't really as noticeable, and yeah. then there were times where it was very like part, the part of the year C, um, part of your world, <laughs> binding songs, the part of your world sequence. I didn't. I. I it disappeared for me. You know, as she's singing. Um. But then when there's other moments when they're just kind of like messing around when they're when they're trying to get away from that shark, it was like very like, you know, I'm watching a a cartoon that is being presented as live action. Right. And so like it sometimes works. Um, I have mixed feelings about giant Ursula at the end because it didn't look great. But I can't weird, tell right? if that was the that's my I couldn't tell that was the thief. I couldn't tell if that was the goal was for her to look extra monstrous. So like it looked a little bit. It off. must have been because she obviously wasn't meant to look realistic anymore. Even her face was yeah. contorted in a way. Yeah. Unfinished so... is the word that I would use. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can. I got, okay. I got really excited when I realized that that's where they were going. Cause that is such a huge part of the original and, and it is such a epic fight scene. It's a, it's, it's a very epic fight scene. Um, so when I realized, oh, giant Ursula is going to come out of the water. Okay, cool. And then she came out and, and it just, it, it was very, it almost felt like 
oh. her look wasn't in the foreground for them like that wasn't the priority when it came to making that scene they were yeah. way more worried about you know the ship and the elements and all of that and she yeah. she just seemed very not polished and unfinished so to me. mild spoiler here for anybody who hasn't seen the 1989 little mermaid but they do make a change at the end where ariel is the one who directs the ship into killing ursula instead of eric ah yeah which I think it's actually a fairly good change. Um, really you know, cool. it's yeah. her villain, really, you know. And, yeah, uh, she, she gets the moment to save the day. Um, another little change, and this is actually makes a big difference, is is it's twofold. One, the way in which Ariel makes her contract with Ursula is that she rips off one of her scales. It's mm -hmm. an oath in blood. She doesn't yeah. write her name. She doesn't sign her name. And two, she can't remember... The, the Ursula says that she put a, 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 a contingency on this spell where she can't re remember that she's supposed to kiss Eric, that that's her, what she needs to do. And when you do that, one, it means that Ariel can't, one, Ariel can't write in this one. So a big plot hole that people like to talk about all the time of the original movies, why didn't she just write Eric notes? She, you know, why is she, if she, if she can write her name. We've seen we see her write her name early in the movie. Why doesn't she just write Eric? Hey, Eric, my name is Ariel. I'm the girl that rescued you. Um, you have to kiss me yeah. so I can talk. Yeah, and then yeah, two yeah. If, she if she can't remember that that's exactly why she's there. She knows she loves. She knows she's she's head over heels for this guy. She knows that you know she wants to be around him. She wants to be able to talk to him, but she can't remember that the only way out is to kiss him. So like she has, uh, you know, uh, you know, it has to be sort of manipulated organic. by sebastian in that sense yeah and manip which i can't decide if that makes the whole consent conversation better or worse because on one hand it it does kind of take that pressure out of it and and does kind of take you know kind of gives them the chance to just you know fall for each other naturally as opposed to constantly looking for this but at the other on the other end of it now sebastian is kind of like forcing them to do it when she doesn't know that that's something she needs so like yeah. i i i think that i i do think that the, that making that part of it was part of the consent conversation mm -hmm. um and i can't decide if that helps it or hurts it yeah. i don't know i, I haven't yeah. made up my mind about that it's definitely it's definitely it's as definitely far as changes wicked. go as far as changes yeah. go i i i I'm, I'm bummed that it took me a while to remember it but as far as changes go it's it's one of the more consequential ones because when she she obviously wants to kiss him but she doesn't know that she needs to you know right. um yeah. so yeah anyway that's those are you know, i think i think for the most part the changes work it helps when you you know they needed to they they had another hour to to fill more or less so they needed to come up with something um you know uh i think that for the most part they work there's a few that are a little i guess awkward but for the most part they work Story-wise, there isn't a change that they made that I think was a bad change. Story-wise. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I think the story stays pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Okay, well, um, we do, we, yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, talk about the opening weekend box office. We should have those numbers, right? We do, we do. Well, I know um, not complete because so, it is Memorial Day weekend, and I know that includes it's Memorial Monday. Day weekend. So, so uh, estimates. Be, you know the the estimates for Monday, but um, for but the opening weekend we have those pretty well solidified. Um, so, Little Mermaid opened uh, this weekend, the weekend of 
uh, May 20, uh, what was it, 26th, uh, 2023, to $95.5 million in its uh, first three days. Um, in the number two spot, you have Fast X, which fell to number uh, fell to twenty three million in its second weekend. Uh, number three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is still going pretty strong with another twenty million. Super Mario Brothers is still making good money in the number four spot with six point three, and The Machine, starring Burt Kreischer, comes in at number five with four point nine million. Intrigued by that. Um, on the year, um, The Little Mermaid is, uh, that's the fifth best opening, uh, uh, excuse me, the fourth best opening of the year. Um, just behind Super Mario's Guardians, Ant-Man, and then it's Little Mermaid. Um, it's already in position, like, with uh, with that $95 million, It's already in a good position to be, you know, like a top 10 finisher for the year. It's already sitting in the number, uh, it's already sitting in the number nine spot, uh, knocking Dungeons and & Dragons and Megan off the top. Uh, well, knocking Dungeons out of the top 10 and knocking Megan down to number 10. Um, projections are that the movie will go on to make between on Monday between 117 and 119. Um, if that were the case, that would make it the fifth highest grossing Memorial Day weekend ever. Um, so it's off to a pretty good start. There's a lot of nostalgia. Will it have the legs to keep going? Haha. <laughs> um, we will have to uh, find out because word of mouth, I think, has been okay. I think it's been a yeah. lot of what we've been saying. People saying, you know, some of it's good, some of it's sort of yeah. sort of okay. Um, that's really all I have. I do know I, I can say that the original Little Mermaid back in 1989, in its entire run, brought in 84 million dollars worldwide. It was uh, very popular, but yeah. you know, back then they didn't do international releases, and uh, you know, uh, Disney. This was Disney's first. Uh, first installment of what's become known as the Disney Renaissance, where they kind of went back to big musicals, back to princesses, back to that sort of thing. So, um, the the original Little Mermaid was never number one at in in any of its weekends, but it did uh, solid really well, and then did huge on uh, on home video. Okay, all right. Well, it's time. To play the letterbox game and see what the people the good people of letterbox have rated the little mermaid now that it's uh been out for a handful of days at least these early reactions um let me pull up some of the popular reviews here so we can get a kind of a taste of what people think <laughs> um so uh, the top review it says two stars I-, I watched it high and sebastian was freaking me out uh three stars <laughs> i know a lynn manuel miranda song when i hear it yeah. Uh, one star they don't even have a hot crustacean pant um, and then finally three and a half stars absolutely loved seeing melissa mccarthy go full-on kaiju yeah yeah right in time for kaiju uh so lots kaiju. of lots of range here boo <laughs> what are we don't thinking? let him no, get away with that it's gonna happen 2024 is gonna be the year of kaiju kaiju um, We'll yeah, don't let him June. get away with that. Not this June. We got other plans. Um, man, it's so hard to know. It's really tough uh, this one because it because it could be uh, like, are they going to give it nostalgia points? I don't really know how the others have gone. I don't there's think be a lot of people who are yeah who are going to love it for nostalgia. There's going to be people who hate it for nostalgia. You know, I'm going to say three point two. I'm just going to go. Hey, oh, that's such 3. a good 2. guess. That's exactly where my head was. I'm going to say three three point four. 
All right. I'm an, I'm going to say 3.7. Okay, okay. We got a good range here. Mm. 3.2, 3.4 and 3.7. Uh okay. So we we don't have a direct hit, okay. but we do have a winner. We will not need a tiebreaker this time. Um unfortunately for you, David, it's not you this time. Uh but it is Nikki. Our guest wins. This yes. uh movie is sitting at a 3.6 right now. So All you right. were you were within All point right. one. Okay. Right. It's higher than That'll I expected, be. but I guess I don't win. hate it. You need to write that down. You and Arch bringing it home for the guests this year. Yeah, anytime someone takes a point away from you, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's under <laughs> well, my house. I mean, so I was going to oh, okay. say, I was going to say the same last name here. So, That's like, fair. um, so for me personally, yeah. Well, what do you think? Do you think that's fair? I think it's pretty fair because I'm going to give it a three and a half. Oh, no, I'm going to give it lower than that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, I'm going to hold it to a higher standard. <laughs> How much lower? I'm gonna give it a 2.5. Oh man, a full star. A full I'm gonna star. punch you in the face the next time I see you. Just it's be because ready for it. the Just highs be were high, it. the lows were low. I it's like dead in the middle of five, which is 2.5. No, no, I don't accept it. I I don't accept it. Garrett did the same thing. I don't remember what the movie was. There was a movie a couple months ago that you guys did, and Garrett did the same thing, and I was mad for like a week because oh, he was man. so positive the entire time and then his rating was a 2.5 and like as a teacher it would be like me sitting down with one of my students after they took a test and be like hey this was really good i really like the way you did this and i really like the way that you did that and i thought this was really great by the way you failed <laughs> but i effort. did like a lot of this a for effort <laughs> oh um, man i have to i have to so, <laughs> so nikki you driven into what four that's so funny. That's so funny because, to me. Because the thing is, like, the, I felt the, you like you were critical of it too. <laughs> I was. I yeah. was critical of it, and that thought kind of occurred to me as I was sitting there. As I was like, I was like, you know, Nikki, you liked this so much more than you're implying that you did. Right. Because yeah. the thing is, the things that didn't work for me really didn't work. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like a whole lot more of it did work. Okay. Yeah. So. For me, it, I I I take a point away, but there was too much good for me to rank it lower than. than yeah, I, I okay. uh, I will say, you know, it's one of those things of like the nostalgia is real. So when they started singing yeah. the songs, I was I was already hooked. I'm gonna say hooked. Um, I uh. You were you no? Here's what bothers me is on the way home yesterday, you were like, I I, I think I'm gonna end up giving it a four. No, no, you were thinking about. I it, said though. it was hovering between a three point five and a four. I'm going to land on a 3.5 because I've had a day to think about it. And um, I do think I stand by this. My favorite of these Disney reimaginings is and continues to be the Jungle Book. Um, okay. The Jungle Book looked incredible. In terms of adaptation, the original Jungle Book's like 77 minutes long. It's barely a film. And so they expanded that way out. They brought in way more elements from the actual Jungle Book, the, the physical mm. read it Jungle Book, right? Um, this to me sits just behind Beauty and the Beast, which I think this is more. This has this is more Beauty and the Beast than it is Lion King. Whereas the Lion King was just like a pale imitation. This yeah. was a pretty decent a job, I think, about as good a job as you can do is imagining the story with some new elements, but sticking to what worked. Um, so I I'm gonna put it between Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin in that respect. Okay, well. Our average is about a 3.3, so that gets us pretty close to Letterboxd's official score. 
So bad. I'll take it, considering we have such a wide range. I guess I had to play the part of Garrett since he's not here today. I'm if sorry, Garrett was I here, to punch you in the face. You know Josh. that. Remember when uh, I threatened to punch you in the face? I didn't mean that. That wasn't it's not, me. It, it's, it wasn't the first, nor will I think it'll be the last. If it, you know I what's great is I've known Josh like 13 years now. I have threatened to punch him in the face before. It's never <laughs> happened though, so it, we're, no. good, we're doing all right. No. No. The thing is, Josh. And Nikki are in front of There are two sides of the same coin. They're very similar on most yeah, things. I definitely think that's the, the case. They agree <laughs> yeah, most of the time. And usually it's usually it's an opposition and, of whatever I think. And the that, things that we agree on, we do very much agree on. Very much. The things yes. that we don't agree so, on. I'm gonna very say much. I'm gonna say Garrett would have given us a two. And Garrett would have given it like a one. I think I you're think, right that it, his would have been the lowest. Andrew probably would have given it three stars. Uh, Man, I, I can tell you what Andrew will give it, and I think it's three and a half because I went with him to see it. Oh and yeah. At, right afterward, you know, you don't really know right afterward because you're still thinking about it. But he said, "Wasn't four, but I don't think it was three. I mm. think it's three and a half." And I was like, "Okay, Andrew. Okay, <laughs> that's good. All right." But he's sitting oh, somewhere around there too. I want to. I want to tell my funny the, the movie oh, yes. theater experience story that I do think you'll enjoy. First of all, we had a funny um, person sitting behind us when. When um, at the engagement party to between Eric and Vanessa, when the um, what are you telling? Me? What are you doing? No, I'm just I'm just mimicking what happened. Oh, okay. I thought you were like telling me to be when smaller. The, when the oh, shell okay. shatters and <laughs> um, the voice is like floating in the when air. When the shell when the shell shattered and the voice floats up and it comes back to yeah. Ariel and there's the big reveal that that it's Ariel. Someone sitting behind as Ariel does does her big ah. Someone some some very grown man sitting behind us goes ah snap and we cracked up laughing it just it totally killed the moment but um, i love that so the, the, the this this is the big one um we went to see it was a double date we saw it with my brother and his girlfriend okay um my brother has been dating this girl for about four months this is not the first time i've met her um she we saw it as a double date and she and I were sitting next to each other and I knew I liked her okay <laughs> but I fe I fell a little more in love in this moment the Nicole Kidman trailer comes up okay she's walking through the theater and as she sits down at the same time Nicole says it and at the same time I say it she's sitting next to me and she goes heartbreak feels good in a place like this and I was like you can she's stay. a winner She's a you winner. You can stay. I like. I've um, already told my brother, don't let this one go. She quotes. Uh, yeah, she Josh, quotes the, the the trailer. Where did you see this, by the way? Uh, I saw it at AMC. Yeah. Now, did you see in the Dolby? Yes. Did you? Did it? So for us, they dimmed the lights when she said dim the lights. They did, and I noticed it too. And I was yeah. it. It really added to the experience. It did. And the fact that they weren't doing it for so long. I don't know if just the projectionist at our theater is really clever or if mm -hmm. this is a thing they've programmed, but bravo to the AMC 20 South Roads. Yes. It only yeah. took them like two and a half years and they finally came around. I, I thought of Garrett immediately. Garrett, yes. that's one of his big things is why don't they dim the lights when she says dim the lights? Yes. It yes. makes so much sense and it worked. Uh, okay. Well, this is, that's a, those are great stories to, to end on. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Go find us online at so many sequels.com where you can get links to our social media accounts, uh, our Patreon, where you can subscribe and get access to our Discord. And of course, you can find all of our past episodes there as well. So uh, subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And we will see you all next time. Bye.